Three, two, one, action. Go, start talking. I don't wanna. All right, well, this one was brought to you by silence. <laughs> oh, 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 blowing our nose there. Gotta clear the nostrils out. Make sure people can- it's Cold outside. Hear you? I know. People must think- That we're crazy? That I'm always sick. Cause when it's cold, my nose just runs. It slash also when I exercise. So when it's cold and I exercise, I basically even worse. Basically, just jam a handkerchief up there, stuff it up there. I mean, it's cold, but we're still out there getting our steps in. So Ugh, it was a rugged walk today, Ooh, baby. With that wind, the wind is horrible. The wind gets you. The wind's always a little more rugged on the way back because it's at your back when you turn the corner. When we we walk, where there's a part where you kind of turn the corner, and the wind's at your back, and you're like, oh, this is great. But then you also think to yourself, the wind's going to hit you right in your face when you come back. And it does. Right in your face. I all the way back. I wish that I had a better sense of direction. Because, like, there's two points, right? Where we walk in one direction and then walk in the other direction. And so there's two points where it's, like, directly in your face. And those are, like, the worst parts. And we're walking to the east, it's at your back. And you walk to the west, it's in your face. Sure. Then, then also south. I don't know because we go do and then do and then uh, do, to the, so then this and then this north and this. to the west is where it gets you in the face or in the in your side. Sure. I'm directionally challenged. I wasn't in Girl Scouts. I don't know. Somebody was talking to me in directions the other day, and I was like, "I'm." That's great. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's close to being irrelevant at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's sort of important, but oof, oof, not really, not that much. Mm -hmm. Not when your phone tells you where to go. This is true. I would be lost without GPS. Yeah. I often was. Before. I had a job interview uh, for a teaching job that I never made it to. Cause it was in the days of MapQuest where you'd print out the directions and, and I no missed something. In Western Pennsylvania, it's tough to get from one place to another, especially in a part of in part of that area that you're not familiar with. If you're familiar, it's fine. But if it's like an area that you've really never been or you don't go too often, oof. yeah. So I just didn't make it. Cool, but so clearly you job. made it back home. Yeah, eventually. Okay. Days later, I made it back. <laughs> Days later. <laughs> oh boy. So what are we talking about today? Uh, that's great. What are we talking about today? That's great. You know, that's great. <laughs> that's great. I'm glad you made it. <laughs> uh, so in training, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. So I think if you've been listening to us for a while now, right, we've been around for a little bit. Uh, we've talked about a lot of different things when it comes to training, right? We've talked hypertrophy versus strength. We've talked mesocycles and blocks, uh, reps and reserve. What else? We've talked about a lot of different things. All kind of different shit. Chasing reps, chasing yeah. the logbook. Uh, and then today we're going to talk about being comfortable with being uncomfortable and how that helps you in training. Yeah, and I think the reality is is that what is uncomfortable depends on the person, sort of depends on where you're at with your training, depends on how long you've been involved with structured training. So what is very, very difficult 
and what might feel uncomfortable to someone who's brand spanking new is, is pretty fundamentally different from somebody who's been at it for a while and who's maybe in that intermediate or even advanced phase. Um, and so obviously we're going to talk maybe a little bit more towards, oh, chicken's done, a little bit more towards maybe inter intermediate trainees, like people who are pretty comfortable uh, with movements and stuff like that. Some of this stuff we would never prescribe to someone who's brand new because it would be like wildly inappropriate. It sets you up for uh, to develop maybe some bad habits and and to just maybe be a little too like cart in front of the horse. Uh, but some of the stuff we're going to talk about is stuff that makes sense to keep in mind, especially after the newness of training has subsided. So what's the, one of the more common things you see or maybe something you've experienced yourself with regard to like difficulty being uncomfortable in training? Uh, I think a, a common one that we all can kind of relate to is maybe something like a back squat or a deadlift, right? Something that we know is a little bit inherently scary of a movement because uh, you think about getting like pinned underneath the bar in a back squat. Uh, and so sometimes just kind of knowing that in the back of your head, it can be a little scary to try and push yourself if you're starting to feel uncomfortable in that movement. So how do you mitigate that then? So that's, that's if we take back squats, that's a pretty classic one where it can be pretty hard or challenging mentally to push in that movement. And again, we're not talking about people who are brand new to the movement. We wouldn't ask someone to do that. That's not a good idea. So if you're new to back squatting, like, what we're about to say is not good for you to do from the outset. This is when you're really comfortable with the movement. Like you can do it with your eyes closed. So where does that, where do kind of, where does that point happen for people where they struggle with pushing? Uh, I think it can be a number, right? So for some of our clients, they know at some point along the way, right? They had a one rep max target for whatever reason, right? If they did a strength cycle, whatever came from different fitness background. Um, and if that, if where they're training at their working weight gets close to that one rep max, like that can be a total mental block for them. They like, oh, I was, I was only able to do this one time at one point in time. There's no way I can do more than that. Yeah. So the thing to think about there is that if it comes up in your programming, let's say someone's doing your programming. Let's say you have a coach who's writing that for you. That assumes that coach is not going to put you in a position to do something that he or she knows you can't do. So let's say, and I think this is, we're going to bring this up as an example, because I think this is the most, um, we see this the most often. Something was, uh, a weight was, let's say it's 150 pounds, someone's one rep max back squat. And they're involved in a hypertrophy cycle. So a cycle that's focused on body composition change, putting on some muscle, maybe losing some fat while maintaining their muscles, something like that. And they've worked up to a point. Last week, they did 145 pounds on the back squat, and they did three sets, and their, eight, their sets were nine, eight, and six. All right, so next week, we're going to progress them in all likelihood to 150 pounds. And the idea would be you're going to try to repeat your reps. You're going to match your reps, match them or beat them at 150 pounds. 
And so, yes, that at one point that was your one rep max. But the simple reality was you effectively just did almost exactly the same weight for nine, eight, and six reps. Clearly, 150 pounds is not your one rep max anymore. And so sometimes it's as simple as understanding that in your mind, that the shift from last week to this week, the weight is actually a very nominal shift. Sometimes it's a fraction of 1%. It's not even a 1% shift. Like so much that if you uh, held sort of the two barbells side by side, it's unclear you would notice a difference. And so sometimes we just have to um, qualify that in our minds and we can get over that hurdle. So Rye, Rye was just a Columbus Gold, so he just walked in <laughs> just with sparkles on and just smelling unbelievable. So what's an example of <laughs> what's an yeah, example been there since 1 p.m.? Oh man, his eyes are all bloodshot. Oh boy. He's about five hundred dollars lighter. Uh, what's an example of this that you've seen or maybe you'd experienced uh, with yourself in terms of uh being uncomfortable with training and maybe developing some apprehension. Yeah, I think the back squat example is was a really, really good one and really easy for a lot of people to relate to. Um, probably the one that stands out for me, but just to be different, I'll say the hack squat, or actually I'll say deadlift, because that for me, that's it's not as much the weight as it is more, I guess, the risk of injury that's a little intimidating to me. Um, but it's just like we just talked about, it's always, you know, five or maybe 10 pounds more than the week before. So it's not a significant amount of weight change. And it's just that understanding that like, okay, well, last week I, I did 10. So it's not that heavy. It, it is heavy, but it's not that heavy to a point where like, I can, I know I can stay in a good position um, and I can quote unquote handle what I'm doing. Um, so I think that there's, there's like, kind of like you said, in terms of like getting pinned under the bar, there's like that apprehension of risk of injury and the the knowledge that it's going to be uncomfortable. So like maybe last week it was uncomfortable. Maybe you're out of breath afterwards. Um, you know, you're a little lightheaded. It takes you four minutes to kind of regain yourself before you can do another set. Um, and it's that's like an uncomfortable feeling that no one, you know, not many people seek it actively. Um, so I think it's that knowledge that you're like gonna, you're walking in to do something super challenging and in theory, it's going to be slightly harder than it was last week. Now, in reality, I think a lot of people have those situations where they're like kind of dreading the workout all day and then they come in and they're like, oh, actually that felt better than I thought it would, even though I didn't sleep as well as I wanted to or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of like risk of injury, but then you just have to tell yourself, well, I did it last week and I was fine and I did it for 13, right? I think that's a lot of something we hear is people are kind of freaked out, but then it's like, you just did it for 13. That's a lot. So I think you just have to kind of take a step out of your own head and remind yourself and then, and then it's not as much of a big deal. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. only, it's only an hour of your day or it's only two sets or three sets of a movement and then that's it and you move on and you walk out and then you go about the rest of your day. Yeah, I think that's another like good piece to think about, right? Is if you get 
so worked up in your head, right? So if you work out at four o'clock in the afternoon and you know that that five pound increase is coming, if you like marinate on that all day and you work it up into your mind, like this horrible task that you have to achieve or conquer, um, I think you're just setting yourself up or for failure. Um, and you're probably at a higher risk of injury because you've convinced yourself that you just, you can't do it. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good thing if you take a time, take the time to realize like, okay, so five pounds really isn't that much. And if I can match my reps there, that's amazing, right? Like then you, clearly are a lot stronger than what you think. Um, but even in that circumstance, right, we understand as coaches that maybe you can't match those reps and that's not necessarily the expectation, but we don't want to be the limiting factor in your head of like, Oh, well, my coach said I should, you know, in this situation, I did 13 last week, but I went up in five pounds. So they're going to scale me down to 10 reps. So 10 reps is really all I should be able to do. Right. Cause then that's not fair to you as the athlete, like being able to push yourself as far as you can actually go. Yeah. I think that's an excellent point is so sometimes with certain movements, let's say dumbbell incline bench press or a uh, dumbbell uh, bicep curl is actually a uh, even better example. The difference between 15 pound dumbbells and 20 pound dumbbells is giant comparatively, as opposed to the difference between squatting 145 pounds and 150 pounds. It's a huge difference in a relative sense. So the chances of someone being able to match their reps from the previous week when you've taken such a big relative weight jump may be diminished at the same time. And we are aware of that as coaches at the same time, we're not going to prescribe that someone try for less because the reality is, is you very may well be able to hit your rep targets. And we certainly want you or hit the last week's rep targets. And we certainly want you to try. So that's something to keep in mind. If you're doing your own programming or you're following a program as you always should be trying to do as many as you can with great technique and let that dictate your effort and technique dictate things, not necessarily a somewhat arbitrary target. Um, what, you know, the thing that we can think about too, with, with stuff that maybe carries a little bit of risk, like say back squatting or something like that, Bench press. Bench press are some risk mitigation factors. Um, so I think it makes sense to talk about that. And this is something we we do for people. But let's say you don't have a coach or someone who's prescribing movements and kind of laying it all out for you. How do you take as much risk away from a given movement as you can? And that should be your goal. The good the goal should not be to engage in like super high risk super duper fatiguing thing. So exercise and progression is not a battle of like who can uh, push themselves closest to the edge. It's actually who can train the smartest and who can recover the best. And so one of the things that we do, uh, and I, we all do it personally, but prescribe for people is to use things like safety guards or safety straps when you're squatting. Number one, because not everybody is super proficient or um, super able or familiar with failing a back squat and failing backwards in terms of where the bar would go. 
it's also, and I would include myself in this, uh, I tend to hinge forward a little bit when I squat. So if I fail one, I'm not going to necessarily be able to be failing it backwards. I'm probably going to end up failing forward a little bit. And that's where safety guards come in. So if we use the safety guards, because we know they will literally act as safety nets to catch the bar and save you, um, we can push a little bit harder and we can do so without fear of injury. So that's one example. What would some other examples be of, of mitigating some of that fear that's related around to be, you know, around injury? Yeah. So for me, um, <clears throat> the majority of the time I work out by myself. So bench, obviously, as a girl uh, is something that I'm not super strong with and not super comfortable with uh, because it wasn't a movement I did often. So for me, uh, I have to get uncomfortable with uh, asking someone in the gym to help spot me if there's somebody there that can uh, or using the safety bars, safety guards on the bench as well. Um, because I would rather be able to push a little bit more, get another one or two reps in than knowing like, Oh, I just I didn't push myself enough in that session. Yeah. I think obviously a situation, hopefully most people listening to this have access to either someone else around who can spot them in a situation like bench press or safety guards. Because I would do the same thing. So if Rye's not at, if we're not at the gym at the same time, uh, I'm 100% of the time going to use safety guards because the reality is, is I'm going to push my sets on bench press and there's not a great way to fail that. And some people are very good at moving it down their torso and to their waist and they can pick it up. Honestly, like I don't want to have to think about that in the moment. I want to worry about pushing literally as hard as I can. Um, and knowing that the safety guards are there if I if I overestimate my capacity. So why don't we... Oh, go ahead. Okay. Well, I was going to say something too, especially if you're <clears throat> programming for yourself or uh, a, a technique we may use is putting those movements, maybe the higher risk movements towards the beginning of a workout. So if you're back squatting, then hack squatting, then whatever, 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 maybe back squat first because you're going to have you're going to be the freshest to stay in a good position. So if you're, if you half squat and then you lunge and then you back squat and you're still going to try to do go heavy and take it relatively close to failure, you're going to be a lot more fatigued and a lot more likely to put yourself in a bad position and then inherently have a higher risk for injury. So it doesn't, it's not necessarily a safety technique, but it's something to consider um, given that you have a higher chance of putting yourself in a bad position. Yeah, I think that's a good point. So let me ask you both this question. Do you have to get uncomfortable when you're training to progress? Again, let's say you're not a, a rank beginner because the reality is when you're just beginning, uh, you don't have to go super bananas to make a lot of progress because we're picking up the apples that are on the ground, so to speak. Your body isn't used to training, so it doesn't actually take a ton of stimulus to get you a huge adaptation, which would be we would see as progress. We mean to people who are have been involved with training for maybe six months or more. Uh, yes, I would say yes. You have you have to be uncomfortable um, because you know if at the end of the day you're always going. You're going to bench press if we're going to stick with that analogy, right? You're going to bench press five sets. You're going to do 
sets of 10 at 65 pounds, like you're not, you're not going to progress. Like you're just going to stay the same. And so the only way to move forward and see changes in your body composition to progress in that particular movement is to then get uncomfortable, add some more weight or do some more reps, something. I'd say that I agree, but you could also make the argument that no, you don't have, you'd still see some progression, but it would probably be way slower than what you'd like. So like to reach your goal with the timeline that you want to, it would probably not happen. And it would probably be dramatically slower than if you started to get a little bit uncomfortable with your training. Um, and I think everyone wants to reach their goal faster than is usually possible. And that's the nature of changing your body composition or getting stronger or building muscle naturally or to an extent unnaturally. Um, so I think yes, progression probably is possible, but not maybe sustainably and not at any sort of consistent fast rate. Well, so we uh, train at a public conventional gym mm -hmm. and so part of doing that is you see a lot of different people coming through um and but you tend to see the same people right so when ryan and i go we see the same 15 to 20 people all the time all the time and the reality is there are a few of them who appear to follow some programming there are a few that that progress um, most of them, 17 out of 20, don't really progress in any fundamental way. They walk around directionless and they don't do anything different. The childhood gym that I went to, I started going there when I was about 16 and we still go there when we go home to Pittsburgh. The same guys are there. There's new faces, but there are a lot of the same faces that have been there literally since I was 16 years old. And they're doing the same BS stuff and they've made zero progress. So in the reality is, is they don't try very hard. Not only do they lack direction and do they lack someone helping them with technique and do they lack any kind of viable program, you know, choice. They don't try hard. And so the windup is like, yeah, I guess you could put that into the broad spectrum of like, quote unquote, maintaining, but like, what are you maintaining? Like lackluster physique, lower than average strength. Like, yeah, when you go to the doctor, they say that you're healthy, but it's only because the rest of the population is so brutally unhealthy that you, in comparison to them, look great. Like, is, is that really what you're after? And maybe it is. Maybe like you're cool with that. You're cool with six out of 10. But my guess is if you're listening to this, you're not like you have like a very clear picture of where you want to go. And I think we can paint this in a way that sounds like trying hard and getting uncomfortable with training is, is akin to being like electrocuted, right? Like that it's torture. That's not true. No. The reality is, is yes, there are some exercises that are quite taxing. You actually, because they're so taxing, don't do them all that frequently. Back squat is taxing, but most people don't back squat more than once a week. They might do other squatting movements, but they only do that once a week because it's super taxing. Not every day is a push it to the limit, 
walk out with a thousand yard stare kind of day. And we've talked about this before that it shouldn't be like that. But the reality is, if you want to move forward, if you want to look better, be healthier, learn to push yourself, not just in training, but maybe in other parts of life too. Like maybe you're not super juiced about your job performance. Maybe you're not super juiced about your relationship with your spouse. Maybe you're not super juiced about your relationship with your children or your involvement with them. You know, if you're kind of how you do anything is how you do everything, right? So if you come in and you get after it, you will be in a position to do better at those other things too. Not because you have more muscles or because you're in better shape. It's because you start to get used to pushing yourself a little bit and not being as an old uh, boss and partner of mine. Her name was Ann Saville. You say, she was just English. She would say not being so terribly average. And I think that's the thing is we're not going to ask ever someone to do something that we think is unsafe. But we're going to encourage you to find a better version of yourself. So yes, at some level, I think to progress every once in a while, you have to get a little bit uncomfortable. I think uncomfortable looks different for everyone too. Like to some people, it might be being like slightly out of breath after a set. Some people, it might be like lactic acid buildup. Some people, it might be, you just can't do any, uh, another one like muscle failure. So I don't think it's like uncomfortable necessarily directly equals like pain like someone's like pricking you with a needle like it's there's different ways to look at it and maybe uncomfort looks different to everyone and some and, and you may find that in like a backward sense some discomfort is something that you end up seeking because you you know you're like making progress you know what i mean so like as much as tuesdays for us are intimidating and extremely uncomfortable because we back squat and hack squat and other lower body movements it is like there's a part of it that's kind of satisfying um but it doesn't mean it's not scary you know what i mean and it's not like it's not like you got just got shot like it's not actually like painful it's more you're just out of breath and a little lightheaded for a few minutes and then then that's it yeah, it's sometimes it's keeping it in perspective too. Like, yeah, you aren't getting shot. Your children aren't sick. Like, you're not in a life and death situation. Though your body can have a little bit of a reaction, like like a little bit of a fight or flight thing. Like it is. Sometimes you have to compartmentalize it. Like we're live, we're here to lift weights. Like we're here to have fun and find a better version of ourselves. Sometimes you just have to turn the music on and 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 get after it. And and if you so long as you've taken those steps to be as safe as you can and you're in control of your technique and it's weight that you're in control of and you're not letting your hubris dictate those things, you're gonna be fine. And you're gonna walk out and be like, whew, that was something else. And you, and then you'll be ready to do it the next week and the next week and the next week. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it. So I think, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, kind of like you said, I think the whole, the whole purpose of like, working out is to kind of add some challenge or variety to your day. So you may sit at a desk and like hate your job and mosey around through your day. And then it's like the purpose of working out is to add some sort of challenge, obviously to be healthy and look better, blah, 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 but to add some challenge to your day. And I think as we've mentioned, James Fitzgerald kind of coined that 
where it's like that's the entire purpose is to have one period of time every day where you challenge yourself maybe mentally and physically and then the rest of the rest of your life is kind of there isn't much to it you know what i mean you don't have to everything else is pretty attainable yeah we don't wash our clothes in the river anymore you know what i mean like the rest of life for the most part is relatively easy um sometimes it's good to have things that are hard it's it is quite literally good for you that's it we've covered it she says all right so consider these things uh it looks different for everyone if you're curious about what it looks like for you uh, that's a good opportunity to reach out to a coach. Maybe even if you don't have a coach, it takes videos of yourself. Um, and if it looks like you're, it looks pretty easy, well, then that might be a situation where you want to push a little bit harder um, or push your progression in some way. Um, if you have questions about this and you're not one of our clients, uh, reach out to us, shoot us an email, click the contact thing on our website all that good stuff. If you're, you found the podcast, so you're familiar with how, how computers and the internet work. So we'll leave it to you from there. We'll see you next time. See ya.